Welcome to episode 316 of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, you'll find the countdown of favorites or best of 2022. My patrons join me. They have voted. They have submitted their lists. We have compiled the numbers. And that's exactly what you'll hear during this episode. Here we go. I'm ready. Let's do it. Thank you for checking out this episode. And for those that aren't aware, how we do the voting process here is that I have the patrons submit their top 10 list. Top 10, depending on what we're talking about, what the subject is for the episode, in this case, favorites or best of 2022. So their number one gets 10 points, number two gets nine, number three gets eight, all the way down to 10, which gets one. I add all the numbers up. And then whichever album got the most amount of total points is the one that ended up as number one. These chats are always fun with my patrons. If you've ever listened to this, uh, these types of episodes, man, it's a highlight of the week for me. Seriously, I could have a shit week and I have something scheduled with them. And it's just like an old discussion with friends about music. It's just so awesome to be able to talk to everyone that joined me and those that weren't able to join that sent in their feedback to put this episode together. And it's, it means a lot that there's actually people out there that are willing to support me and uh, be on Patreon, but the kinship or the friendship of like-minded music fans is what really you know, um, really does it for me. And I do want to thank our latest patron, Sean Richmond, who just joined a little less than a week ago. And one of the things that he pointed out was that the selling point for him was hearing these discussions with the patrons. Um, I like to split things up. I'm going to try to do the best that I can to get one interview out there and one of these music discussions per week, because I know that people like both things. Uh, There are some people that are going to be drawn to the episodes because of the interviews, and there are others that are going to love the discussions. So if you want to become part of the discussions, if you want to vote for upcoming uh, lists that we're going to do or upcoming shows, you can do so for as little as $2 a month. Okay, Patreon goes from 2 bucks to... 20-something, I forget. And depends if you want more. There's merch involved and different things that um, uh, th- that have been contemplated and thrown around, but um, due to time, I haven't done like private video chats and, and things like that. But anyway, what I can promise you is a weekly Patreon-exclusive podcast, the Victor M. Ruiz podcast, at least three videos a day 
for most of the year, the end of the year was rough to get videos, to get three videos up there for people. Uh, insane music discussions, questions of the week. Um, what are, you know, what are you into this week is kind of share with the class type deal. All these things are fun to interact and talk to one another. And there are some people that love certain types of metal. There are others that love other types of hard rock or, or loud rock or rock-based music. It's just good fucking music at the end of the day. Okay. So um, if you want to join us, go to patreon.com forward slash signals from Mars. Or if if you're not interested in being part of Patreon, I know that there are some people that just don't like the idea of paying for podcasts or anything like that. Support us by going to signalsfromars.com. Go to follow, and you'll see links to all the social media platforms where you could like, follow, share, all that good stuff. Tell your friends about us. Um, I'm trying to expand things as we go, adding different platforms and different things where, where you can, you know, follow or just talk to us basically. So there's, uh, I mean, when the show goes out initially, it goes out to eight different places, but, uh, beyond that social media, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. TikTok, which I need to do more with, Reddit, Telegram, and Mastodon. Not the band, but the social media platform, which uh, is quote-unquote giving Twitter a run for its money. Anyway, real quickly, let me run down the patrons before starting up the episode. So I mentioned Sean. We have Chris from Decibel Geek Podcast. Uh, Rock and Pod Expo is coming up in less than two months, 56 days, if I'm not mistaken. If I could afford to make it, I would be there every year, but three to four grand is kind of hard to foot the bill right now. Anyway, support Decibel Geek. Antonio Espin, my fellow countryman here in Spain. Gene Eugene DX in Canada. Anthony Mackey in Ireland, Ed Ferguson in Kentucky, Johan in Sweden, Metal Dan in California, Jose in Connecticut, Chris Vaglio from the Chris and Amanda show. They just changed the name of this show. I should be. It's the song swap. Um, song swap showdown. Is it that? I believe it's that. Hold on. I should know this for various reasons. Yeah, Song Swap Showdown. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Uh, the Metal Dentist, Gabriel Ruiz, also in New Jersey. Chris Faglio is in New Jersey. Out in Utah, Dr. Poison, Brad Dahl, Mr. Yarg Metal himself. If you're looking for a cool uh, online streaming platform, which has nothing but great hard rock and metal, Check out yargmetal.com. We have Mike Jones, also in New Jersey. Mr. Patron's pick, Jeremy Weltman in Cheshire in England. We have Twisted Steve Hoker out in New Jersey as well. 
And wrapping things up here, Steven Saylor out in Pennsylvania. Thank you guys for all your support. It means a lot. And I've yammered on enough. So let's get on with the show, folks. Here we go. All right, I want to welcome everyone to the first show of 2023 and uh, something extraordinary happened last week. We lost a good friend of the show, Mr. Bob Nalbandian. So I wanted to kind of pay tribute to Bob before we start the show. Um, I've always said this, Brad to me is hard rock and metal royalty. He was there in the beginning. When bands like Metallica and Megadeth came together, uh, Brad, whether you, or Brad, excuse me, um, Bob, Bob Nalbandian, um, he did a lot of stuff behind the scenes that maybe people aren't aware of. Stuff from PR stuff to managing bands to starting a fanzine back in California. Um, Right at the start, right when, you know, people like Brian Slagle and Johnny Z were starting all the things that they were starting. So without Bob Nalbandian, we wouldn't have a lot of these bands that uh, we all love uh, in 2023. They wouldn't be influenced by a lot of these bands that he helped push early on. And... All I want to say is thank you for all that you've done for this show. You always treated me like a million dollars, regardless who we talked about. Um, He always made you feel like you were the most important person in the room, regardless of all the people that he had rubbed elbows with or, or anything like that. So I just want to say thank you to Bob for everything that he had done over the years. Uh, check out his documentaries, his the Inside Metal series, uh, or Band versus Brand. Uh, they're on streaming services, and you can also get the DVDs, which I own all of them. And uh, that's it. Uh, I couldn't do the show without paying tribute to him. And tonight is the best of 2022. And here we go. Thank you, Bob. Thank you to anyone who has praised him this last week since learning of his passing. And um, that's it. Let's get on with the show. All right, folks, I have to pull an audible here. Uh, As I started editing this episode, I realized that the audio from this episode was crap. The part with the tribute to Bob, as you guys heard, is fine. But once I started the intro video, it went to crap. And man, (laughs) I'm really pissed that I 
uh, re-upped with Restream because it's been giving me nothing but problems these last few months. And I'm signed up until November with them. Anyway, so while the show was going out live, people were telling me that the audio wasn't good on YouTube or Twitch. And about 40 minutes into the show, it cleared up all of a sudden. Restream is saying that my connection was no good. But then why is everyone else's sound bad also? It's what I don't understand. Anyway, so the only thing that you guys are missing from the original audio, because I started recording late, is, is a few minutes where I intro everyone and just say a bunch of different things. <laughs> you're not you're not going to miss any of the countdown at all. So, let me just do a quick intro letting you guys know who joins us and then we'll just hop on over to what audio I do have. So that all sounds great. So we have Jeremy Weltman, we have Ed Ferguson, we have Johan, we have Brad Dahl, we have Anthony Mackey joining us in uh, later on during the show and we have steve hoker who's also dealing with technical difficulties jumping in and out so that's it sorry for all the confusion for all of the shit here but you know i hope you guys enjoy the episode nonetheless everyone that voted has at least one album in the top 10 Possibly multiple albums. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, so there are 50 here. Let me, uh, let me run down the... I, I guess this would be like our honorable mentions, <laughs> even though there's 50. But uh, real quickly here, we have at 50, The Cult, Under, Under the Midnight, 49, Striper, The Final Battle, 48, Soil Work... Johan, I'm going to butcher the name of this album. <laughs> Overgiven Hetten. <laughs> yeah, quite good. Overgiven Hetten. Okay, close. The um, Abandonedness. <laughs> let's see. The Abandonedness. Okay, cool. Um, 47, Impelitary with Wake the Beast. 46, Kings and Liars with uh, Transition Animals. 45, Grand Bonnet with Day, Day Out in Nowhere. 44, Dead City Ruins, Shockwave. 43, Wet Leg by Wet Leg. 42, Sick and Beautiful, Starstruck. 41, Decapitated, Cancel Culture. 40, Crobot with Feel This. 39, Blind Guardian with The God Machine. 38, Psychocroptic, Psychroptic, excuse me, Divine Council. 37, Porcupine Tree, Closure, Continuation. 36, Bloody Hammers, Washed in Blood. 35 is uh, Black Swan, Generation Mind. 34, we get this full name here. Tuck Smith and the Restless Hearts, Ballad of Misspelt Youth. 33, Goat Whore, Angels Hung from the Arches. 32, Dead Daisies, Radiance. 31, 
Steve, how's this pronounced? Bane? Alright, can't hear you, but I saw that you said yes. Uh, hear me? No. It just, it's very staticky. Uh, so let's see. Bane, the spine, and the veil. 30. Zeal and Ardor by Zeal and Ardor. 29. Sam Sanhedrin lights out. 28. Dream Window by Dream Window, which is essentially Foo Fighters. 27. Ozzy Osbourne, patient number 9. 26. Journey with Freedom. 25. Generation Kill, MK Ultra. 24. Crash Diet, Automaton. 23. It is Clutch with Sunshine on Slaughter Beach. Now, this Clutch album was an album that a lot of people voted for. But the problem is, is that it was low down on people's lists. So the points weren't very high, so it only got to 23. 22. Bloodywood with Rackshock. 21. Sword with 3. 20. Lamb of God with Omens. 19. Demi Lovato with Holy Fuck. Uh, 18. Behemoth with... <laughs> uh, Post Contra... Um, not... Natrum. Uh, for Against Nativity, I think it is. Um, could be wrong. I'm not up to snuff with Latin. Johan is laughing at me. <laughs> Uh, Arch Enemy with Deceivers at 17. 16 is Smash Gladys with Raw. And at 15, Saxon with Carpe Diem. So, any of these that you guys are surprised that, um, that were in these positions? Saxon is similar to Clutch. Several people voted for it, but it, it wasn't higher up on the list. The albums that are in the top 10 were all middle to top of people's lists and multiple people voted for them. So that's why they're, that's where they are, where they are. Brad, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say um, Saxon, obviously one of my favorite bands. Uh, that album at first didn't even make my top 10. Mm -hmm. uh, the main reason is because it's not, a, it's not that it's not a good album. It's just, it was pretty much the stuff they've been doing. Right. For like the last 10 years. It, there was nothing like new, adventurous. I mean, same sound, same song structure. I mean, it grew on me, so it eventually made my top 10. Uh, but it, that's why it was so low for me anyway. It was, yeah. I, I expect more from the boys in Saxon. Now, Come I, on, lads. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. The other thing I want to say is that, and I've been mentioning this in the... Um, Facebook chat that we have. I've listened to a lot of these albums. So from the last live stream that we did till today, I've listened to somewhere in the neighborhood of 45 albums just to make sure did I miss out on anything. And a lot of these albums have good songs on them. The Crowbot album was so close to my top 10. It's got a lot of good stuff on it, but I just felt like there were other things that I'd been listening to throughout the year that ultimately beat it out. Uh, there's a bunch of these. The Bloody Hammers was another one for me that uh, I would consider uh, an honorable mention. 
uh, the soil work, um, the Dead City Ruins, Kings and Liars. You know, there's there's a bunch of these that, you know, either I voted for or, you know, were honorable mentions that just came outside of 10 for me. If I were to make a top 20, a lot of these albums would have made it. Um, anyone else besides the Saxon that they're surprised where some of these albums are? Johan, go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, I would like to raise a hand for uh, Soilworks' uh, latest album. It, re- it was released, I don't know, somewhere August, September. Mm-hmm. But uh, I recently started to listen to it. And uh, I really recommend you and all the listeners to to try that album. Because uh, if you like the Night Fright Orchestra, right. and if you like metal, I mean, that's a great album. Uh, the melodies are fantastic. So, just a kind recommendation to all of you. Soilwork, Övergivenheten. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's funny because a lot of friends of mine that are diehard Soilwork fans that don't like Night Flight Orchestra, the reason that they didn't get into this album as much is because they felt that, uh, that Bjorn brought too much of Night Flight Orchestra into this album. So there's there's definitely, it seems like, in my opinion, that he's tried to kind of fuse the best of what works with both bands. So Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, that's mm-hmm. probably true. I haven't listened that much to Soilwork before, but uh, now that they combine those two bands more, I find them much more interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, there's a lot of Soilwork that I actually like. I just think that he's really gone, you know, in, in another direction with this. And anytime a band changes, you're obviously going to have people that complain about it. But um, uh, let's see here. I, uh, well, let let me let me do the fourteen through eleven, and then I'll ask each one of you if there's an honorable mention that uh, that's similar to what Johan just did, an album that you recommend that people reach out and check out. Um, so at 14, we have Corpse Grinder with his debut uh, self-titled album. At 13, we have Thunder with Dopamine. At 12, we have the Linda Lindas with Growing Up. And at 11, we have Devil's Train with Ashes and Bones. So anyone else have any, any type of recommendations that, um... Uh, that similar to what Johan said, hey, check this one out. This one didn't make the top 10, but I think you guys will enjoy it and should check it out. Jeremy, what, what would that be for you? Um, well, I've probably got a, quite a few so far already <laughs> rattling up. I mean, there's uh, Sanhedrin. Um, that album must is a must listen. So, you know, if, you ha- if you've not listened to that album, it's really, really good. Um, New York Band, Three Piece, Excellent Metal. Um, the Dead Daisies new album is fantastic. It's probably their best so far. Um, I think Glenn Hughes has really added something to the band. But I'm going to make a special mention to the number 13 on your list, which is the Thunder album, which was my number one album. Right. Uh, obviously, it's a UK uh, band, so I'm going to probably be a bit biased. But um, <laughs> they brought out this album after all the right noises. Um, and they did it, um, you know, within a year. 
and they released a double album and I can't find a, a, a track on it that isn't isn't good. I mean, I listened to every every song on the album and they actually decided that they put so many songs on the album because they couldn't um, decide, you know, what to leave off it. Um, I think they're really an amazing band because they're they're producing stuff now that I think is as good, if not better, than when they started, and that is going something for you know guys in their fifties and pushing on sixty or whatever the, whatever their age they are now. So if you haven't got it already, go out and play Thunder and play it loud. Yeah, I've heard a podcast episode with Mick Wall where he talked about. Um, bands that should have been big that were close to being big, but just due to timing or whatever, didn't make it. And Thunder was his number one on on that list. And he basically said, you know, they're they're selling more tickets now than they were in their heyday, specifically in the mm. UK. And he said, yeah. you know, they just came out like two years too late to be a huge international band. So there you go. I knew when I read that, I said. Jeremy's Jeremy's going to mention that it was his number one. But again, we're coming back to the fact that the top 10, each one of these albums was voted for multiple times. So that pushed, pushed these albums over the top. Uh, Ed, any of, any of yours that you would uh, recommend to this crop of fellows? <laughs> well, you know, except for the uh, album that will be number one, I, my, my whole list is Dan Tozen here. <laughs> I'll be hanging out, listening and learning from you guys what I missed out on. But, uh, of course, my favorite that you've listed so far, Corpse Grinder. That's given me, uh, you know, some Cannibal Corpse-like music to listen to while Cannibal Corpse works on their next record. Um, I think that Lamb of God album was, it sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. And they... Got the best riffs I've ever heard them make on that one. The MK Ultra, that's a good one if you like Exodus and Miss Rob Dukes. Um, they got a pretty thick sound going. I also like the Devil Master a lot because of that new wavy sound that they're mixing in with that kind of black metal and hardcore. And uh, that Psychroptic record, mm -hmm. even if you don't like that kind of music. Put that on your stereo and turn that up. The way they produced that record, mixed it, mastered it, everything is perfect. And I wish every band would use that as a template for how in your face those guitars should be. You know, because that is what makes metal metal, is that distortion, that electricity coming from the guitar. Mm -hmm. That's what I hear the most. And uh, yeah, they, they mix that record perfectly and the song that i chose for the playlist you know stick with it for half a minute and there's a groovy riff that you're gonna love and uh i think jesus did a pretty good job with uh, striper this year <laughs> uh they knocked crowbar off my list at the at the last minute i might uh, i might hang out with that record a little bit next year the the, the crowbar album is something that i listened to as well, I was like, well, does it make my list? Lamb of God is, is similar. And um, 
Which other one did you mention there? Oh, the MK Ultra, the uh, Generation Kill. I listened to that yeah. as well. That was very close. Like I said, if I were to make a top 20, these mm -hmm. would more than likely be in there. Uh, with the Corpse Grinder, you said that you're happy because it, because it kind of fills the gap between what he does in Cannibal Corpse and, or waiting for Cannibal Corpse to come out. Would you prefer that he try something different so that it doesn't sound like his quote-unquote day job or you're just happy that he's putting mm -hmm. anything out? You know, I, I like him, his vocals so much that, uh, and I like the last few Cannibal Corpse records that he's mm -hmm. done with him so much that I'm, I'm happy to keep hearing more of this. Um, but I'm, I'm willing to listen to anything that sounds good. You know, uh, who, who knows what else he could do? It, it would be interesting to hear. I'd sure check it out. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see, Brad, how about you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, first of all, devil's train, uh, they didn't make my top 10 list. They were on there and they got kind of knocked off when I moved something else up. Those guys, uh, that album is great. And I just actually listened to their second album last night. And it's fantastic as well. These guys really, um, they're really, really good. So if you haven't checked out devil's train, get up, get up on them. Uh, also dead city ruin. Mm-hmm. Very good album that made my top ten. Uh, I think the new Leather Wolf album is really strong. Uh, Aerodyne, their album that came out last year, very good metal. Uh, and Sword. I think all these bands are bands that I've learned about through uh, you, through Signals from Mars. I was going to so, say mo mo most of these bands I've posted videos or interviewed them. So it's true. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. The Bloody Hills. Uh, album uh, rotten romance was actually pretty good too but there there were so many good albums right so many yeah it's a good problem Those to have <laughs> yeah it is oh no uh, one other thing santa cruz was a band i've had i've only had one of their albums before that their new album is surprisingly really good great production on it first four or five songs were pretty hard rock and then it kind of went kind of more of a pop metal kind of direction which is mm -hmm. cool I, you don't want the whole album to be the same, but uh, I, I found it a really good, enjoyable listen. So I'm going to have to dig into those guys a little more. Santa Cruz. Now, uh, you said that the uh, album is very well produced. I hear that their live shows are very well produced as well. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that, too. But, I, you know, well, we'll see if I ever get to see them live. I just like to know how the hell in Finland they come up with the name Santa Cruz. I mean, we're throwing darts at a map. How did, how did, how did that happen? I guess there's a lot of a lot of downtime in Finland, right? Right, Johan. When you're not playing hockey or sitting in the sauna, what else are you gonna do there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I never been to Finland. Almost scared <laughs> to go there. <laughs> well, you're, you're dangerously close, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if we have Steve's audio going. Uh, Steve, any recommend? No, still can't hear you. Oh man. See now, towards, uh, towards the end, we could hear you. Maybe the wires loose or something. Now, 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 now it seems like it's all right. Mute hell. Yeah, from negative yeah, hell to now. mute hell. <laughs> uh, about now. Yeah, now, okay, now we can hear you. Now you can hear me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, keeps cutting out. No. Uh, uh, let me exit the. 
I'm getting exit. Okay. And Anthony Mack is hanging out here. I'm sure if he were to recommend anything, and let's see if he agrees with me via the chat, he'd probably recommend the King's X or the Zeal and Ardor. I'm guessing. <laughs> let's see if he responds. But, um... Anyway, so let's see if we can get um, uh, Jeremy or, uh, oh, okay, Anthony is there, okay. Steve, let's see. Bad now. Ooh, cut it. Worse? No, no, well, looks like we, we may get a few words together here. Some. You're using an iPhone, right? Now? I'm using my iPad. You're using your iPad. Okay. Um, yeah. What? What? I switched to my phone. You're using Safari? Yeah. It's it's cutting out continuously. Uh, let me try my phone. Okay. All right. So let's keep things moving. Yes, Anthony, we can't see you. The screen is completely black. Um, anyway, at 10. This was an album that was on and off of my list throughout the year. Wait, wait, wait a second. Did you do 15 through 11 already? Yeah. Then? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Corpse Grinder, that? Thunder, The Linda Lindas, Devil's Train. All right, let's go. 10. Anthony, you're still black. Yep. Number, number 10. It is Thorns by Tony Martin. Now, a few things about this for me. Note that Ozzy came in at 27. And the other Sabbath singer came in at 10. More people voted for the Tony Martin album than the Ozzy album. It's a better album. I agree with you. Ozzy's got maybe four or five good songs on there, and the rest are just kind of snooze fest. Tony's is, uh, I, I think every song on there is enjoyable, and it's a nice variety uh, of stuff. So I think Tony put in a really strong effort there, and I understand he's working on a second one with that guy, the guitar player who wrote most of those songs. Oh, wow. That's cool. What I like about the... Um thorns as well there's anthony now we can see him uh. oh. well now i know that this doesn't work in a tabbed window okay there you go so do you hear that yeah yeah yeah. it doesn't work in a pads yeah. window okay so. well okay. So I mean, in, a, in a, a tabbed window oh okay yeah, but gotcha. anyway, I'm in its own window now, and it works. Okay. okay. Cool. But yeah, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> King's X and Zeal and Ardor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I I listened to the Zeal and Ardor again yesterday, and I, I really like it, you know. Um, whereas before, I listened to it, and I was like, yes, I like that. That's a good album. You know. And kind of filed it away, 
Right. But I, I dug it out again and listened to it, you know, more deeply. And I was like, actually, it's really good. Yeah. I listened to it a few times because, again, it was in my top 10. It was out of my top 10. It was one of these things where I was going back and forth with the strongest songs off of several albums and thinking, which one of these songs am I still going to be listening to in a few years? Which one of these, you know, which which albums do I feel are, you know, strong? I think the Zeal and Ardor offers so much stuff that no other band is doing right now, whether it's a mix of black metal with gospel music, with blues music, which is full-on industrial metal in some places. I mean, it, he does a lot of crazy cool stuff. Yeah, and... Uh, you know the riffs are amazing you know, the guitar playing is great it's intense but then there'll be a moment where you think this is like a car commercial <laughs> you know this is, you know I can hear I can I can see it as an ad for a fucking Kia or something you know right <laughs> and, uh, but you know it passes and it's yeah it's great really good yeah, King's X album is great. Uh, I'm presuming it's in the top ten somewhere, <laughs> but uh, you know that 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 album is such a relief because you know obviously there was a, a bit of uh, anticipation around it. We'd be hearing about it for about three years, right? And then when it finally comes out, you know, it's brilliant. Now you know we've been hearing like their past few albums well this is the best thing since blah blah but mm -hmm. they don't really hold up but this one i think will it's great yeah that's the uh the, the usual marketing tool by all these bands oh it sounds like a mix between my best-selling album and my most cr critically acclaimed or critically acclaimed by fans so i understand exactly what you're saying sure <laughs> yeah steve the but the... Uh, I, I go ahead anthony go no, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, I don't know if you want to continue on with your top ten. So I like I'm I'm kind I'm a bit of an observer here tonight. You know, like, I didn't send in your top ten. No, that's fine. Uh, I didn't. Uh, a lot of this stuff I I haven't heard. And I'm, I'm making lists here. You know, I've got soil work. It's San is it Sanhedrin or Sam? I, yeah. I don't know. Sanhedrin, S A N. Yeah. SAM, yeah. So, you know, you know, I've got my homework. Cool. <laughs> it's, but it's not like I didn't listen to stuff this year. It's just not necessarily this kind of stuff. Were were you um inclined to vote for middle ages and that's why you didn't want to submit a list. At the end <laughs> you, you didn't want to do the Ozzy Osbourne and just pimp your own band. <laughs> well, we didn't do an album this year. So. <laughs> But, you know, I got to say, it was the, the four Weezer EPs, this, that was the music of this year for me. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's not likely to show up on any lists, and it hasn't. Their last couple have been largely ignored by, you know, the press for, for a big band. Obviously, mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff isn't in the press, if you know what I mean. Right, right. But, um you know, um, it's great. I love the way they did it. I love the concept. You know, it's really good. I, even yesterday, I listened to all four of them, and mm -hmm. I was just like, this is great stuff. Yeah. 
Anyway, that's that's just me. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Let's see. Uh, leader of negative hell. Let's see if uh, if we can hear you now. Better. Still the same thing. <laughs> uh, any ideas on what I should do? Now we could hear you fine. Oh, okay. All right. So go ahead. Recommendation for you out of out of any of those that were um, that I haven't mentioned so far. Uh, well, I was switching devices. Uh, the only thing that I mentioned was number ten, uh, Tony Martin Thorns. Okay, that was not my list. Okay. Um, don't mention any. Don't mention well, anything. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't mention anything that you haven't heard yet, that I haven't mentioned yet. Anything out of the right. ones that I've mentioned so far that you think people should should revisit? Uh, I will plug Bane because it's... Uh, <laughs> and he did mostly rap last year. He did as first uh, alternative-ish album and, and just think everybody should check it out alright awesome alright so when we started the show out for or before we started the show I, I mentioned something I referenced an album it was uh, Johan, Jeremy, Ed and myself but uh, at number 9 Coming from a state that uh, Steve and I are very familiar with. It is Skid Row with the gangs all here. Anyone check this album out and anyone want to say anything about it? Yeah, I checked it out. And, uh, it's a... Uh it sounds like Skid Row like it's uh, it just you know up until you know I always thought Skid Row was a great rock band you know but do they have an actual sound that's identifiable and apart from you know say the classic stuff like Sebastian's voice or whatever but I put this album on and I was like that really sounds like Skid Row. I know that was Skid Row or Marlowe. So it was like, yeah, they do have a sound. And they do have a kind of a, a riff vibe, you know? Right. No, I only listened to it once, but that was my thought. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Brad, you were going to mention something? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big Skid Row guy, and I love this album. I, I think the sound is really good. I think the songs are strong. Um, very well written, good choruses get stuck in your head. Even that, the, um, time bomb song, which mm -hmm. I think is, is just like, eh, but I, if I hear it, I'm stuck with it for a day. So, uh, very good songwriting. Uh, yeah, great. I think they, they did a great job on this. I'm curious to see where they go from here. Yeah. I, I think Anthony's go ahead, Johan, before I mention anything else, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to uh, say what Anthony said. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not the biggest Skid Row fan either, but uh, I think that uh, uh, when I put on the album, it sounded just like Skid Row, but 
uh, without you know the really good songs that they had right. on the first and second album. So it was good album, but without the real hooks. That's my opinion. Yeah, I I think I think that I would lean more in that direction. I think that they definitely had their sound down on this album, and it really catered to what fans were looking for. At the same time, I think Johan is 100% right. They're, the only thing that this album is missing is that one big song that stands out. Um, like when you hear Slave to the Grind for the first time, you know, the, the, the title track just hits you instantly. Uh, if you hear the first album, you know, outside of the hits, there are other songs on there that are really, really good songs. So I think it's a very good album, a good album for them in 2022. And going back to what uh, Brad said, for me, a lot of these songs get stuck in my head. And again, this was one that was in and out for me out of out of my 10. And it ultimately ended up, I think it was my 10, if I'm not mistaken. But um, anyway, at eight. At Eight is an album that I did not expect to enjoy as much as I did. Uh, for as much as I mentioned with the Zeal and Ardor before, and this isn't to make a comparison because they're apples and oranges, but in the extent that there's a lot of different things going on with this album, it surprised the hell out of me that I played it for weeks on end. Uh, it's got some rock, it's got some blues, it's got some poppy elements to it. It's Rock Candy by Orianthi. Several people voted for this album, which surprised me. Uh, so I wasn't the only uh, person that got sucked in by this album. I think this is a ridiculously good album because her playing is just outstanding, regardless what she's writing, the soloing is just really good, where she could totally do just a, a full-on pop album. But like I said, there's blues rock on here. There's hard rock on here. There's a lot of different things. There's a lot of different interesting colors that she's uh, painted with, in my opinion. So um, anyone else check this album out and want to mention anything about it? Steve, go ahead. Let's see if we can hear you. Probably nobody's surprised it's on my list. <laughs> well, no shock. It's uh, uh, for me. Okay. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I love her pop stuff and definitely rock with the best of them, too. So, Red Light was my the album. Mm hmm. Um, but it really could have been. Yeah, there, there's there's several really good songs on this album. As much as I liked a, a few tracks off of the last album, which is really my first real dive into what she does, uh, this album, to me, I think, really blows that previous album away. Go ahead, Brad. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, the, the last album had a couple of good songs on it. Uh, this one is just front to back, easy to listen to, great production, uh, and it's, you know, the guitar playing is great, but you, it's not all about that. You know what I mean? It's about the song. And so I just find it really enjoyable to listen to. I, I've listened to this one a lot. 
cool. Reading in the chat that everything is all clear now. Great to uh, hear. Yeah, I think with the uh, previous album with O, she switched over to Frontiers, and it sounded like a Frontiers album, which kind of crappy production. It seemed like she was kind of herded in a certain direction for the label, and it seemed like this album, she said, I don't care. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And I think it's everything about it is better. All right, moving on here. Number seven. If uh, anyone can see my background, it is behind me. It is right there by the uh, Paul Gilbert guitar. It is DNA Digital Noise Alliance by Queensryche. So this is an album. This was my number two. It's seven overall. Um, for everything that they've done with Todd since he's been in the band... And with everything that they've done since Promised Land, this to me is their strongest album since Promised Land. I know that not everyone feels that way because I've seen all types of different uh, comments about this album not being that strong or that the verdict was better. I think the verdict, similar to what Johan mentioned with Skid Row, the verdict probably had two songs that are among the best that the band has ever released. But I think this album front to back is a stronger album. Um, I, I think um, the, the track that Johan picked changes, I think it's called, I think is just a, just a really, really good song where if that song came out on empire or if it came out on even mind crime, it would fit in with those those albums. So I, I think that they did the best job possible chapters. Okay. I said changes. I've, I've got, I've got yes on the brain for, for some reason. I've, I've been listening to a lot of, uh, um, 90125 by yes, uh, recently. So that's on there. Uh, so chapters, um, so yeah, Johan, well, talk about this Queensryche album a little. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I haven't listened to Queen Strike since, you know, uh, the Empire. For you know, I've I've heard some songs here and there mm -hmm. from every album, but uh, this one, uh, you know, thanks to you, of course, uh, uh, really uh, attracted me. This is a uh, this is a real Queen Strike album. This sounds Queen Strike, and finally, I think the songs are—I mean, every song sounds like Queen Strike, and mm -hmm. um, uh, perhaps there's not a huge hit if you want that. Mm -hmm. But for me, this is a solid Queen Strike album, and uh, yeah. Uh, I recommend it to a lot of friends here in Sweden, and they uh, they really liked it wow. because, yeah, Queen Strike is everybody's favorite band, but <laughs> not not anyone. I mean, no one has listened to them for a lot of years. So, right, yeah. Thank you, Victor, for this uh, for the interviews and the 
the recommendations of this album. This is a great rock album. Well, I I appreciate that. That means means a lot to me because that's why I love doing what I do with this show. Um, I've I've been a fan of theirs since since Mind Crime, and I you know, l- like you're saying, I think for a long time they weren't Queensrÿche. You know, similar to what we said about Skid Row, just due to internal things or whatever. There was a lot missing there. You could say, you know, member changes or this or that or internal drama. But I think this album, they kind of put everything together to where it all makes sense now. So uh, anyone else want to mention something about the Queensryche? All right. We will move on. Next album is another album that I've listened to quite a bit this year. It is Requiem by Korn. Now, um, I've been a fan of theirs since almost the beginning. And I do think that the last three albums, four albums maybe, since Brian Head Welch has come back, again, they've come back to being Korn. You know, if you're into, you know, especially the era of um, uh, follow the leader through uh, the last album that that Head did, um, take a look in the mirror, I think is it's called. Uh, no, it's the one before that. Anyway, I think that they've tried, they experimented, they did a lot of different things and they finally got the recipe back into place and they've, you know, discovered making catchy, heavy music in the vein of what they do. There's a reason why they survived, you know, that whole new metal music where a lot of people, a lot of bands got shit on and kind of went away. Uh, They've always been there and they're still, you know, if not headlining, very close to headlining at uh, festivals. So uh, that is our number six. Anyone else check this album out? Want to say something about it? All right, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> move on to number five, which got voted on by quite a few people. Again, another band that I interviewed this year. It is Fury with Born to Sin. And a lot of people commented on how fun this interview was. And it made them check the album out. So ultimately, that got to number five uh, out of the um, out of our top ten for for this past year. Uh, Steve Hoker is the man that um, got me uh, in touch with the band, more or less. And uh, he'd he'd been telling me to check them out and to reach out to them for some time. And uh, if anyone deserves credit for them appearing on the show, it is it is Steve. So, uh, Steve, did it surprise you that I know they they were high on your list? Um, They're my number one. Yeah. Did it surprise you, though, that they actually made it here? Uh, Um extremely happy about it because I I think they're one of those bands 
Jones that and everyone should know about him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's there's tons of it, but yet again, like you always say, people that say there's no good music out there anymore, you just got to find it. Yeah, because it's there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No. Anyone else want to? And I think. Go ahead, Steve. Sorry. I was going to say, I think Eggs Metallica or any kind of thrash rock, good, clean vocals, you're going to be into the fear. I haven't seen them live, but any live clips I've seen, it seems like they, they, they can bring it live. Yeah. And, and for those not aware, their bassist, uh, Becky Baldwin, was the basis for Merciful Fate when uh, Joey Vera had to go out on tour with Armored Saint. So that also speaks volumes to, um, to, to what the members of that band are, are capable of. So, and interestingly enough, her boyfriend, uh, who was uh, Chris Appleton, who was in Iced Earth, I actually saw him in his old band, which was actually called Fury UK. So, go figure. Uh, anyway, anyone else want to mention something about Fury? Yeah, they're, um, sorry. Yeah, I read, I read her, I read her, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I read her roundup of the year today, and she, men- she mentioned how they were, they played Ireland, and I was like, what? I don't remember that, but, uh. You know, I missed quite a few gigs this year anyway, so maybe it was amongst that somewhere. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that this is a really, really small band in the UK. I mean, they're, they're from the West Midlands where, you know, there's a lot of great rock bands from that area. Um, they, If you listen to the albums that came before this, this album, I don't think they really pushed themselves enough, but on this album they really really raised the the bar i think and and you know it, it is a really fantastic album thanks to steve for telling us all about the band as well because otherwise we wouldn't have heard about them um and i really want to see them live um and i just think it's fantastic that we've got such a small band amongst a big crowd because you know you the names we've mentioned so far they're all uh familiar to all rock listeners but fury won't be mm-hmm. and and that's just a fantastic thing because it is a really good album you can listen to it from start to finish it really rocks um and we all like it so thumbs up to fury okay johan i mean that's what uh, as jeremy said they are uh, uh thank you to to uh, S- S- steve and you know this uh, Patreon and uh, and uh, Signals on Mars for uh, you know letting us know about this band. I think they are so good because of the uh, female. What do you say? Co-vocals, choir. Uh, yeah, mm. yeah. That's the the thing about these guys and girls. So. Uh, yeah, this is a real good band, and I can, and I have recommended them to a lot of friends here in Sweden. Play them at a couple of uh, when you know we have dinner parties, right? Uh, but uh, you know they like them. But uh, so, yeah, 
a really good band, Fury. I hope to see them here in Sweden. I would go several miles to see them. <laughs> there you go. Jeremy, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to add one more thing. If um, anyone's watching and they like this band, go out and buy the album because they need the, you know, these sort of small bands need the money. And, you know, go out and see them, go out and buy the album and buy a t-shirt and, and support the band because otherwise these sort of smaller bands, they're not going to make it and they'll just fade away. We need these new bands to come up and, you know, become big bands. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want I want to second what Jeremy just said. We need these bands. This is a really good band. Uh, great album. Sounds good. Every song is really good. And if you listen to this and don't like it, then you need to start looking in the mirror because something's wrong with you. <laughs> it's really good. You can't say there's anything wrong with this album. Sorry. Yeah, it is. It is a strong album. For me, it was just right outside of my top 10. But again, one of these that was uh, in the running. So... At four, let the uh, the shockers begin. I don't know if with the last four, if people are going to be surprised or not. But um, I th I think that some people may be surprised with this. At number four, in and out of my top ten, ultimately did not make my top ten, but it is. Megadeth with the sick, the dying, and the dead. Several. No, you all got something wrong here. <laughs> we need to start over. <laughs> playing, playing the part of Johan tonight is Ed Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> this was an album that I knew when I saw that when I started tallying the po the points up. I said, oh, there's going to be people that are going to be pissed about this. Because for a lot of people, I've listened to and seen um, lists. And this was up there on almost all of them. Um, I think it's a great album. But for me, it just would have been like 11 or 12. For me, this and the Machine Head album were in and out of my top 10 continuously and both of them ended up being like 11 and 12 when all was was said and done. I, I just think that, to me, as much as I like this album, there were a few others that were just a little, just did a little more for me, is, is what I'm getting at. So, uh, Ed, we haven't heard from you at all outside of that quick outburst. Um, but uh, sell us on The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Yeah, I, I'm really proud of Dave and the whole band. For, for me, this is like the kind of record I wanted to hear after Rust in Peace. Uh, and when you compare it to most of their records since then, um, I think it's, and, and it may be because of the extra time they had in the pandemic. Right. They were able to write these songs, it's, even the mid-tempo ones, in a way that it stays interesting throughout. Um, this is a this is an album listen, right? I think more than most records that I've heard in a long time. This is a record that 
I think it's it's better when I play it from start to finish and I'm hearing the dynamics and all the different songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people on Facebook just kind of blow it off as being boring. And I don't understand that unless they're just not, you know, taking the time to listen to it as an album. Mm-hmm. Because there's, I can't think of a single song that they don't, you know, at least change it up some way and keep it interesting to the end. And then, and even if it's a part that gets a little bit dull, uh, having Kiko and Dirk in the band uh, keeps it super interesting and fun to listen to. Kiko, man, he wins guitar solo of the year and will be back. <laughs> that second guitar solo that he does, man, it's just, that's one. Of, I think that's my favorite guitar solo I've heard since Marty Friedman was in the band. Some of the stuff that he did on uh, Rest in Peace. Right. Um, and and the song Will Be Back is probably my favorite Megadeth song I've heard since something on Rest in Peace. And uh, yeah, it's just, I, I hope I hope he keeps this band for a while. I hope, he, <laughs> you know, you never know with Dave what's going to change from one year to the next. But man, he, he's doing a great job. I hope he just kind of keeps this level of excellence in these last years of his career. Um, yeah. I th- I th- he he proved why he was number one on our thrash metal playlist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think for me, this album, I wouldn't say it's boring at all. I, th- I think similar to what we said with like the Skid Row album. There's just, it doesn't have like that one song that to me stands out, you know, head and shoulders above... All, uh, above the rest of them. I think they're all really good songs, but there's just that one great song that, that isn't there. And I think it's been the opposite with a lot of the other albums where you would have like two great songs and then the rest was actually like kind of boring. You know, there's there's a few albums that have come out uh, specifically to me I, between United Abominations and Dystopia. Several of those albums to me were boring. So to say that this album is boring is, I don't know, kind of, kind of out there. So, um, anyone else uh, want to mention the Megadeth album? Jeremy, anything on Megadeth? Are we? I uh, I hear what Ed's saying. I like the album. I'm not a massive Megadeth fan. I. Okay. I've played two Megadeth albums today, actually, Countdown to Extinction and Dystopia. And I would say that it's better than Dystopia, but it's not as good as Countdown to Extinction. So that's where I am on it. Um, I think there's four or five really good songs on it. Uh, I don't want to play it all the way through all the time. Uh, There are some songs on it that I don't like. Um, So it's probably one, you know, that I will listen to again. Um, and it's enjoyable, but it, it, it probably came down. Well, I, I voted it number nine on my list. Okay. And um, just so you guys know, between two, three, and four, there were very few points that separated them. Um, number three is an album that I didn't really check out until a bunch of you guys started voting for it. 
And uh, I'm not a huge fan of this band. I'm actually a, a bigger fan of their guitar side project. But um, the album is Zit. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, by Rammstein. Several people voted for this. This one was completely off of my radar again because I'm not a, a, a huge fan of theirs. But, um, Johan, you voted for this one. Um, why Why did this album make your list? Yeah. Uh, first of all, they are called uh, Rammstein. Rammstein. Okay, not Rammstein. See, this is and, Frankenstein and, and Frankenstein. We're we're getting back. We're getting to uh, <laughs> young Frankenstein here. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. And the, and the album is called Zeit. Zeit. See, my uh, my pronunciation yeah. is is shit. And see, and I was gonna I was gonna try a, a UK a, uh, accent tonight, but now I decided against it. But go ahead, Johan. <laughs> uh, I picked this album because uh, I when I first listened to it uh, when it was released, I thought it was oh, you know okay, but. Uh, when uh, me and my son Peter went to see them in Gothenburg this summer, uh, all those songs from the new album, uh, they played a couple of them. Uh, they grew on me. And uh, I mean, these songs are meant to be played at uh, stadiums. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you see them and they play those songs, I mean, and now when I listen to it, that's a great album. And uh, I mean, they still release songs from it. And uh, yeah, you can say what you want about Rammstein, but uh, you know, you have to see them and you have to feel. That's a whole experience. The live show, the album, uh, you can say that about a lot of bands, but Rammstein is one of them that really makes the full circle. So uh, they deserve a high place on this very, very important countdown. There you go. Uh, anyone else want to mention anything about the um, Ramstein album? All right. Moving on to number two, which was actually my number one. It is Rock Believer by Scorpions. Anyone want to mention something about this album before I blab on about it? Yeah, I'm gone. Gone, Brad. You first. <laughs> no, I was pointing to you. I think you're okay. going to... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I love Scorpions anyway, um, but I just feel that this album, they you know, they've gone back to their old roots. They're playing you know all the old riffs that they used to play. Uh, they got you know they got some verve back. There's a nice mix on the album of songs, um, and I just love it. I think it's a really really good album. If this is the last album they ever do, it would be great because they can sign out on the on a high. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the okay, the, you could maybe say a little bit negative that they are using some of the old riffs and, you know, 
you can hear some old songs in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, you know they're, they're the they know what the what the fans want. They know what we want to hear, um, and they've produced a really good classic hard rock album. Um, and I I play it a lot and I play you know play it loud, and I think it stands up there with all the you know the great Scorpions albums of the past, really. Yeah, and Johan is saying that he agrees with what Jeremy is is saying. Um, I wonder when I listen to this album, if when Mickey D joined the band, he said, "I'll I'll join up with Scorpions, but we're not releasing Eye to Eye Part Two. We have to release something that lives up to, you know, my history with Motorhead and with King Diamond and." so on and so forth. This album, when I saw that they were going to release a deluxe edition with I don't know how many more songs, I said, for fuck's sake, why? Uh, You know, most of these songs are going to be throwaways. I'm like, what's the point? And it's one of the only times that I can remember that a album with all these bonus tracks where all the bonus tracks are just as good as the regular album tracks. Um, I mean, exactly what Jeremy said. Yes, there's some refried riffs in there. Uh, there's some redone, you know, singing cadences and drums and stuff like that. There are patterns that have been used over and over again. But listen, the songs are good. They're not like, you know, there's millions of bands out there that try to regurgitate that one hit. So when we say that they're reusing songs, you know, they're redoing the zoo and they're redoing hit between the eyes. They're not doing Rocky like a hurricane part two. It's not winds of change part two, which is what most bands normally do. Oh, we want to get that radio hit back. So we're just going to make a carbon copy of that radio hit. These are all songs that sure diehards know these songs, but the casual fan doesn't. So To me, this album caters to the diehard fan. And even after uh, what was, well, the last two albums, they've been trying to recapture, you know, some of the, some of what they did on uh, Love at First Sting and stuff like that. But I think that this one, they finally got, you know, they, they finally found the old formula again, the old recipe to make the things work. So I'm, I'm, Really happy with this album. And it was interesting because as um, as I was getting ready for the show, I had my uh, 2022 playlist going on Shuffle. And this is Rock Believer is the last song that I listened to before logging in and setting everything up. So it was kind of, um, uh, it was kind of meant to be, I guess. I don't know. Um, all right. So let's, let me recap uh, 10 through 2 real quickly here. At 10, we had Tony Martin with Thorns, number 9. We had Skid Row with The Gang's All Here, number 8, Orianthi, Rock Candy. Number 7, Queensryche with Digital Noise Alliance. Number 6, Corn with Requiem, excuse me. Number 5, Fury with Born to Sin. Number 4, Megadeth with The Sick, The Dying, The Dead. Number 3, Ramstein with uh, Johan, you say the title. Didn't hear you. 
I know. I know. Zeit. 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 There you go. Zeit. Okay. We got shite. Rains with shite. There you go. <laughs> Number two, Scorpions with Rock Believer. Hey, I just noticed two and three, both German. Number one, though, <clears throat> we're going a little bit farther to the north. No. Yep. Ghost with Impira. It wasn't even close. I was thinking, what is this, an Iron Maiden album? This is taking the place of Iron Maiden in 2022? <laughs> because the Ghost album nearly doubled the Scorpion album in points. So uh, this album was my number three. I am honestly surprised that this album that there wasn't a bigger deal made out of this album um, on, you know, uh, album lists or not just album lists, but like Billboard and stuff like that. I think this is the most probably commercial album that they've done without being over the top commercial. Um, I know that not everyone got this album. I know, Anthony, you said initially that you weren't really into this one. Uh, way back when, when it came out, I don't know if that's changed or not. Uh, no, it hasn't. It's the first Ghost album I haven't bought. Okay, and I, I haven't felt the need to go back to it. Okay. Um, and I will say that out of all of the tracks that were voted for, that were presented uh, with people's uh, lists. Watcher in the Sky is the song that was voted the most out of all of them. So, um, Johan, Ghost, Impura, what was, what was the hype like for this album? I remember when it came out, you talked to us about there being radio shows and stuff about the making of this album. Um, with the year ending, was there still the same type of buzz for this album as there was when it came out? Uh, no, it wasn't. Okay. Actually, uh, Ghost hasn't had... Uh, it was a big buzz when it came out, but okay. uh, they, they still haven't had... In Sweden, at least, they uh, they don't have the, the hit single that they had with uh, the single He Is... Uh, okay. Obviously, uh, uh, but I mean, they are still huge here, right? Uh, and this album is, uh, as most of you think, fantastic. And they have, uh, as you said before, uh, used some of the best songwriters here in Sweden to co-write. Mm -hmm. uh, as I said, uh, as I said in some pod here before, that I, when I went to see them in Malmo, there was uh, uh, a buzz about them, and uh, uh, I think that this album is a little bit different from the others. They have uh, a little bit—I don't know. 
they moved perhaps away a little bit from metal, but you can hear some Toto and you can hear some classic, no, not classic, but Swedish pop music in it. Mm. So uh, I really like this album, but my favorite song was and still is Watcher in the Sky because it sounds like something that we're all very used to, you know, 80s rock. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I really love this album. Um, and I'm very excited to hear uh, you, other guys, what do you think of it? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Who else wants to uh, mention something about this album? Yeah, I'll go on, Brad. You go. No, no, no! You're on. You're you're going. Uh, go, Jimmy. He's, go. He's pointing at you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I um I wasn't a fan of Ghost before this album came out. To be fair, I liked a few of their songs, um, and then um, then a certain Patreon group, uh, which we're members of, um, posted up some stuff, and we got chatting about the album, uh, and then I I listened to it, and I just like to say that I think this is probably one of the most important rock albums that's ever been released i think this is going to be go this will go down in history as a real classic album and sometimes you know we sort of look back on um bands and say what are their sort of their best albums and you know we we've talked about judas priest in the past we've talked about rush and scorpions and what have you um and when we look back on ghost history we'll look back on this album as probably one of their best if not the best um i just think that it that there isn't there aren't if if any bad songs on it um and there's ju- it's just amazing how they can combine rock music and pop music uh in one and uh forge their own identity i say forge obviously uh with a you know <laughs> uh we know why <laughs> um but yeah i just think they've they've got their they've got their own sound and they should be headlining all festivals now i mean they are absolutely massive and i talked to somebody who works in hmv in bristol and they were saying that the, the these albums were just flying off the shelves uh, they couldn't sell enough of ghost it was their biggest seller um, mm. the kids are so into into ghost and now you know old timers like me are into them as well um, fantastic i mean if they keep producing albums like this they will be bigger than or as big as any rock band that we know you know that we can mention yeah i think they've definitely broken a mold um, in the sense that a lot of people have been saying, you know, who's that next band that's going to take over and be a headliner of, you know, big arena shows and stuff like that. And I think that they've disproven a lot of people with, you know, they're headlining their own U.S. tours now, where I don't think people saw that coming, you know, after, you know, there's a huge gap in years between, say a slipknot and a ghost. And there's been like a void between the two to where there's been a band that's really stood out like that. I think Lamb of God probably at one point was very close. Machine Head was very close, specifically in Europe, but they didn't get over over the top. I think Ghost has gotten there, you know? So I, I think that they're you know, within that next wave of, of, of headliner. And I think that they've got the catalog that even if you're not a fan of this album, um, there's enough there that they're doing as well that, 
you know, it will attract you like all of the bigger bands, you know, even if you're not a fan of the latest album, well, I, I'll go see them live because they're going to be playing, you know, the, the quote unquote hits. Um, real quickly here, just so you guys know, the three songs that were voted for the most uh, were coincidentally uh, top three bands was uh, Watcher in the Sky by Ghost, which I mentioned, uh, Rock Believer by Scorpions, and it was Angst by Rammstein. So there you go. Uh, anything you guys want to mention before we wrap the show up? Any final parting words from anyone? Yeah, it was a great year. Incredible. I mean, it, put it pulling 10 albums and only having to sit with 10 albums out of the music that came out this year was really difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, I, I've got like a top 20 here and I still, there's bands I wanted to see in there. So it was a great year for music. I'm hoping 2023 is also a great year for music and I'm excited to hang out with you guys. Yeah. You need to do a, a Dr. Poison top 20 on yard metal. That is a great idea. See that? Yeah. I need to get you guys in there. I need to, Ooh, Ooh, I, I, I smell something here. Oh, it's the dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeremy, look like you were about to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, I just uh, there were a few disappointments through the year as well, which we've not mentioned. I mean, we should mention maybe three. I mean, I had a couple more. I even included Ozzy on my list as disappointing, and obviously it was out of the top 20. Def Leppard, we oh, know about. Man. I thought that was a disappointing album. There were <laughs> three or four very good tracks on it, but the rest of it was terrible. Slash produced an album that, we, you know, didn't even make the top 50. Magnum produced the worst album of their career. Um, so there were a few bands out there that really weren't, uh, you know, up to their game. And that, that it's great because it, it allows the bands like Fury to, to get in there. Yeah, I, I had forgotten about that Def Leppard album with good reason. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a few others. See, that's the thing. When it comes to the end of the year... I think for me, my biggest disappointment, and it was number 50, was the new album by The Cult. I was just missing just energy, something that these last few albums have had. I mean, I'm a huge fan. Even you go back to the, the last four albums, which haven't been big sellers, but you have For the Animals and Honey from a Knife and things like that, which are great songs. And this just doesn't have anything. I mean, I get that they've gone back to, you know, wanting to capture. I know a lot of people have said, well, it sounds like love. To me, it doesn't sound like love. To me, it sounds like the uh, the album before love, uh, the album that Spirit Walker comes off of, where it's just the songs just aren't there. So I'm glad that they're still putting music out. But, man, I was expecting something different. And for Ian Asbury to say this is the most important album to be released this year, that he hasn't heard anything remotely close to being as good, I'm thinking he's locked away in a closet somewhere because um, there's a lot of other good music out there that's come out this year. So yeah, he obviously didn't hear the Fury album. There you go. That that yeah. 
Yeah, people need to take notice, man, what these what bands like Fury are doing. There, there's some really good rock out there. And yeah. Uh, anyway, good stuff. But good. I like your disappointment, Sir Jeremy. That was that was good. I would also add um oh guy, what was it? One that I listened to that just didn't do it for me. Oh, I lost it already. Oh well. There you go. I'm living Victor's life. I'm forgetting all the bad ones. There you go. Oh, loud, loudness. Loudness album was was kind of didn't do my, didn't move the needle for me. Yeah, that didn't catch me either. I, I, I was ex- was hoping for big things for that. Maybe that was the problem. Expectations. Well, the last few have all had like one or two really good songs on it, but this one just the riffs weren't there. The you know, there's just something. That band, that band either has huge riffs that are very catchy, or or the songs just don't work. And it again, similar to this cult album, just didn't seem to yeah. work. The other the other one that uh, I expected again expectations was the Heat album. I I thought it was just kind of like uh, it's just okay. You know, I'm like, come on, you guys, you you guys have been building something here for quite a while. You need to push it, push it up there. Come on, get some really good songs going. Uh, it, yeah, it's yeah. There's just some weak stuff. Maybe uh, the some one of these could be the Crash one. Dry. I, I thought yeah, I thought their their album was also a snooze fest. I I thought there's a band with a lot of promise, and uh, they're just kind of yeah, not really getting it done. I, I'm going to say Striper kicked all their ass. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Ed being vocal about the Creator album, um, it's actually made a lot of people's lists. Uh, not not here, but other shows that I listened to, where they talked about really liking the album. So uh, Patriarchs in Black, there you go. Yeah, Patriarchs in Black, that's a really good album. I, you know, he's Dan Dan's putting out a lot of really decent music, man. He's a I I admire what that guy's doing. He's uh, working it hard. It's a so, good job, Dan. good job, Dan Lorenzo. Patriarchs in Black, Cassius King. Um, yeah, good, good hard rock. There you go. All right, so we will wrap the show up. I want to thank everyone who joined us tonight: Jeremy, Ed, Johan, Brad, Steve, and Anthony. I want to thank everyone that voted. I want to thank everyone who's listening or watching the replay of this. Uh, just remember to go to signalsfromars.com to keep up with everything related to the live stream and or podcast. And if you want to join us on Patreon, there's links to do that there as well and how to subscribe on all the various social media platforms, podcasting platforms, and of course, YouTube, Twitch, and all that good stuff. Be back on Tuesday with trivia. And then we'll be back next Friday. So on that note, we will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream. Thank you for listening to the Signals from Mars podcast. You can subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to signalsfrommars.com for more information. This concludes our show.